0: The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.
1: You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
0: Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program.
2: Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell.
3: Welcome to Truth Transforms. I am, a, I am your host, galen mcdowell i am the senior assistant minister at christ universal temple which is in chicago illinois christ universal temple is led by the reverend dr Derek b wells and it was founded by the reverend dr johnny coleman we're actually um, wrapping up our 61st anniversary uh, christ universal temple was founded in ninth october of 1956 and now we're in a space to where we are continuing to do some wonderful and powerful things, being a stand for people living better lives. So today, my show is basically about having confidence in your words. And I think it's important that people understand how powerful their words are. And And one of the things that's really important about words is they give you a glimpse into Your consciousness into the way you're thinking, even at a subconscious level, because many times people speak before they actually contemplate, which gives you an opportunity to really see what you believe. So before we actually start talking about how to use the power of the spoken word, let's talk about how words give us insight into the way we are thinking. So when you're talking to yourself in your own head or you're having conversations with others, uh, generally, if a person talks enough, most of the time they will start to give clues about where they really are. You know, sooner or later, a hustler is going to hustle. Sooner or later, a player is going to play. Sooner or later, a person with, that's loving and peaceful those words of love and peace will come out people who are excited about nfl football or or the world series or nba basketball or or sooner or later start talking about those sports people who are excited about uh you know ratchet reality tv will start talking about you know their ratchet reality tv shows uh, you know the atlanta housewives and and the basketball, football wives who are not wives, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Because what matters to you will eventually start to come out in your words. Now, what's interesting about words is the beliefs about yourself that you don't necessarily always want people to know will leak out in your conversations. And it will leak out in your conversations with yourself. So when you're alone with your own mind, are you convincing yourself about why you can be, have, and do the things that you desire? Or are you your own worst critic? And you are stopping yourself from moving forward, from taking action, creating excuses, procrastinating based upon the things that are going on in your own mind. When you know you need to get up and do something and you're laying in bed, oh, I'll get to that later. or oh, I'll have time to handle that later. or oh, I'll read that book later. Oh, I'll just watch this TV show for five, ten minutes. or oh, I'll just scroll on my phone real fast. And next thing you know, an hour has gone by and now you're late and now you're not prepared or... You don't have what you need to have or you are unable to do what you thought you would be able to do. All those things play out in your lives based upon the conversations that are going on in your head. See, one of the things that we have to be really mindful about is how much discipline do we have when it comes to our minds? Now, most people know that folks will always normally take the path of least resistance. So, your default thinking, if it's overly negative or uh, or or you have resigned thinking or you're exceptionally skeptical or you or or you have justified why life can't change this is just the way it is. Your conversation will speak to those words if a person is in a victim mentality their conversation will speak as if they are a victim. And you have to be able to catch yourself. Or if you're in a loving environment with people you trust, or if you're in a growth and development environment where you're learning about your spirituality and how to work with your mind and how to achieve your goals, etc., somebody can lovingly course correct you so your conversation won't be... Uh, won't be detrimental to your growth. This is exceptionally important. And this is why I want to make sure to have something on the confidence of your words. So I'm going to get to how to use the words and what words are and all of that stuff shortly and through the course of the show. But I don't want you to miss that you have to be careful. That your own inner conversation isn't what's stopping you from having the life you desire. You know, you want the raise, you're afraid to ask for the raise. Why? Because your mind is saying, what if the boss says no? Um, What if I put attention on myself? What, I, what if I put a bullseye on myself? What if my other co-workers get jealous if they find out that I'm making more money than them? Uh, do I deserve it? Uh, what if they ask me to do this, 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 and that? Uh, what if they find out that I make mistakes sometimes? We start to have all of these conversations. What do I do if I don't have this job? What if I make the boss angry? We, and we will talk ourselves out of what's possible for us. You have breakdowns in your relationships, whether they're intimate relationships, family relationships, you know, friend friendships, etc. And instead of having the authentic conversations that you need to have with those folks, many times you, we, us, we will put it off. Oh, they're too busy to have that conversation. They won't respond well. Have you ever had a conversation in your own head where you said one thing and then they said another and then you said something and then they said something else? And you've had a 20-minute conversation in your head based upon how you think somebody else would react. And then for whatever reason, you end up having that conversation and they didn't react like the way you thought they would react. Because most people will react authentically to people who are speaking to them from the heart in an authentic way, in a way that's in integrity, in a way that's not attacking them, in a way that's not detrimental to where you want the relationship to go. So the power of your word, uh, as Moses said, uh, the power of life and death is in the tongue. Realize that it's important for you to realize how you are using your words and you are not going to outperform your conversation. I normally say you won't outperform your consciousness, but in this context, you will not outperform your conversation. You can't talk lack, depression and, and misunderstandings in. And have conversations that are based upon chaotic thinking and expect to produce health, peace, love, joy, harmony, and prosperity. You're not going to outperform your conversation. So it's better to get a handle on what you are saying and why. That's really important. When you're having conversations with other people, start to listen to what you are saying. Somebody says, oh, that, that outfit looks really nice. That suit, that dress looks really nice to you. Oh, this old thing, oh, stop it. Oh, you really look nice today. Oh, you don't have to say that. Why are we saying that? Why Why do we say those type of things? Because we have a hard time allowing compliments to just rest on us. So our words show us, that we're uncomfortable with people acknowledging us. You know, you can see people becoming uncomfortable many times when they're not agno- when they're being acknowledged because they don't know how to handle it. How am I supposed to respond to this? Instead of looking at it from the standpoint of when I'm being acknowledged, I I just need to be open and receptive. And if a person says, "All oh, that outfit looks nice on you," thank you, I appreciate it. All oh, your hair looks nice. Thank you, I appreciate it. You did a great job today with that project, with that whatever. Or oh, you're a really good parent. You're a great mom. Thank you. Instead of, "Yeah, I know these kids are driving me crazy, but I do the work." What it's really saying is, yeah, I, I, I'm doing the work, but but I have a whole bunch of other uh, conflicting beliefs connected to what I'm doing. Instead of, I just love being a parent. Your words will show up as as your mirror to your subconscious mind. Your words will show up as your mirror to your subconscious mind reflecting back to you. So, if you're a person that's always complaining, that's what's going on in your mind. Now, I'm going to flip all of this to the positive later. But I don't like to to neglect or try to dismiss the pink elephant in the room. Many people are listening to self-help shows because they're trying to get better. And they have some things in their lives, some experiences in their lives where they're stuck. And they want principles and techniques to help them get unstuck. But there are times when you have to first acknowledge where you are so you can get where you want to go. It's just like a GPS system. A GPS system can only work if it knows your current location and it knows where you want to go. And if you have big goals and big dreams, and I'm expecting you to have big goals and big dreams if you're listening to Truth Transforms, that means you have a decent journey. But you have to know where you are now. You know, if a person says to me, I want to be a millionaire. In five years, I would say to them, okay, what we first need to understand is how much money do you have now? And how much money do you need to make daily, weekly, monthly? How much compound interest you need to make? Investments, business, how are you going to make this money? Million dollars is the business is in investing, you know. I'm only going to say legal things, uh, you know, uh, you know, (laughs) to be able to demonstrate what you say you want to demonstrate. I'm saying go for it, but you got to know where you are so you can be clear about where you want to go. That's, That's that you know. If you say I want to I want to be 170 pounds and you're 220 pounds, then. That lets you know, okay, what type of game plan do I need to go to? I need to go talk to some experts. I need to talk to a nutritionist. I need to uh, get a gym membership. Maybe I need to get a personal trainer. Maybe I need to do some yoga. Maybe I need to pick up uh, running. I don't know. The point is, once you know where you want to go, now you can start game planning. And when you start game planning, your language has to change to the game plan. So if I'm about my nutrition, I'm talking about eating healthy. If I'm talking about losing weight, I'm game planning when I'm going to the gym. If I'm talking about going to the gym, I'm getting my gym clothes. I'm not going to show up in my, you know, um, suit and tie and run on run on the treadmill. I can do that, you know, <laughs> knowing me, I probably would do that if I really was pushed to do it <laughs> time-wise. But the idea behind it is you're preparing for that which you say you want. And one of the ways you prepare and create what you want in the future is through your words. You know, it's one of the things that I love uh, about martial arts is when you put on your uniform, you shift out of of regular Joe or Jane to I'm a martial artist. Now, why does a uniform do, do that? It's no different than a person putting on a police uniform or a military person putting on their uniform or a pilot putting on their uniform, your psychology starts to identify with the skill base and knowledge that's within your subconscious mind to do the task at hand. It shifts your paradigm. So when you want to live a different kind of life, one of the things that you can do is start to shift your words to create the uniform or the body of words that you're sending out via divine law into your experiences and conditioning your subconscious mind to accept. So you're creating the paradigm or the context through which you can have this new, wonderful, and powerful experience. When we come back from the break, which it will be in three minutes, Uh, I'm going to go into words. What are they? How do they work? How do they work with thought? And we're going to go into some techniques, and I'm going to refer you back to some older shows that I want you to check out because I want you to start working with your words. There is power in your spoken word. However, the higher you rise in consciousness, the more powerful your words are. Don't miss that. The higher you rise in consciousness, the more powerful your words are. Some people, through the power of their words, can shift people Almost immediately. Just because of where they are in their words. A person who might not have been alive. In the days of Martin Luther King. Can watch a video and hear his words. Words that have not been spoken for 40 years. 50 years now. And they move. People to action. They inspire people to become better human beings. Why? Because of the consciousness. It wasn't just the fact that he was a great speaker. It was the consciousness behind the speaker that impacts people. And what I'm saying is as you rise in consciousness, as you develop your own soul, as you develop the power of your own spoken word, you can inspire. You can move. You can motivate others. You can, at the same time, draw experiences and people to you, and you can create or generate health, peace, and prosperity out of your mouth. So before we go to our uh, first break, let me remind you that this show, along with all the other shows on Unity Online Radio, are are, are uh, supported by your donations. So as you freely receive, freely give, go to www.unity.fm, click on the Donate or Giving button. It's on the homepage. And uh, give to this online ministry. Uh, Just a reminder that you can call into the show at 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. Please remember that this show has a Facebook page, uh, Truth Transforms with Reverend Gayla McDowell. My request is you go on it, give it a positive review, give it a five-star rating. If you listen to the show on iTunes or Stitcher, uh, give it a five-star rating and give it a positive review. It helps with the algorithms. So... Uh, we're going to take our first break and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms.
1: Wouldn't you like to share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world? That's easier than ever with mobile giving. Just text Unity Radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives.
0: What got you started on your spiritual path? Minister and radio host Paul John Roach says his path began when he heard George Harrison of the Beatles talking about Hindu philosophy and meditation. Paul John writes about it in the current edition of Unity Magazine. And don't miss the interview with Eben Alexander, the neurologist whose near-death experience led him to write Proof of Heaven. It's all in the September-October edition of Unity Magazine. Go to Unity.org and click on Publications.
2: Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell.
3: All right. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm teaching about how to have confidence in your words. And now that we've kind of created a foundation for us to work from, let's get into what our words. According to Charles Fillmore in The Revealing Word, words are the vehicles through which ideas make themselves manifest. The vehicles through which ideas make themselves manifest. So the word carries the idea with it. One of the things that um, the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman used to teach us at Christ Universal Temple was that behind every word is an image. So when you speak words, those words symbolize a whole bunch of images. So you could, you can, you can say um, uh, a word, and a person can say to you, literally, "Oh, I see that." Or if it's something that they can't comprehend, they'll say, "I just can't see it," because sometimes it takes many words to explain one image. If, if you took a picture and somebody said, "Explain to me what you saw." It might take five to ten minutes to explain one image, so the vehicles through which I words are the vehicles through which ideas make themselves manifest. then he says words that have in them the realization of perfect everywhere present, always present divine life and our oneness with this life are dominant in the restoration of life and health, so what he's saying is When your life, excuse me, when your words are carrying, or are the vehicles of the divine idea of life, which which functions in humanity as health, as energy and vigor, that vehicle of the word will 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 activate, will regenerate, will create. That which it is speaking, Uh, in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11, is a powerful scripture that I utilize sometimes when I'm teaching this concept. And basically it says that uh, the words that go forth out of my mouth shall not return unto me void. The words that come out of my mouth. Just keep that in mind. The New Revised Standard Version says it this way. So shall my word that goes out from my mouth, it shall not return to me empty. But it shall accomplish that which I purpose and succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Now, we all know that Jesus was a big uh, promoter and user of the power of the spoken word. He used his word or words as the vehicle to produce the the miracles that he's known for. He spoke the word and healed people. He would say, little girl, get up. And she would get up. By your faith, you're made whole. Now, obviously, that person had to believe in the possibility of it. But when connected to a consciousness as powerful as Jesus, it created the right scenario for the healing to happen. When uh, he wanted, uh, when the centurion, um, when the centurion came to him, a leader came to him and said, you know, my servant is at home and he's sick and he needs help. And Jesus said, "Okay, take me to him. And he said, Jesus, you don't have to get up. Because you're a man of, he said, I'm a man of authority. And when I tell my soldiers or my servants to to come, they come. When I tell them to go, they go. He said, all you have to do is just speak the word and I know my servant will be healed. And Jesus said, I haven't seen faith like this out of all these religious folks I'm hanging around with all the time. And Jesus spoke the word and the man was healed. Because his word was a vehicle. A vehicle. Which ideas, his ideas, his thoughts, his beliefs were utilized as a means of manifestation. So when we're talking about using the healing word or the creative word, recognize that as you are utilizing your words, you are creating your possibilities. So you can use your words to become your prison, or you can use your words as a painter painting on a blank canvas. Now, don't miss that. Some people use their words as their own prison. In other words, they talk about why they can't make it, why they can't have the breakthrough, why they have to stay in uh bad scenarios. And when I say bad scenarios, meaning scenarios that are not holistic, that that do not promote the love, harmony, peace, and joy of God. People will utilize all type of reasons why they have to stay stuck. Or you can say life is a canvas and my words, I'm using my words to paint My life. A new creative life. Charles Fillmore also went on to say in the revealing word, and I love this, on the word, comma, healing. As man is quickened with spiritual faith, his word is endowed with power. So as you develop your faith, your words have more power as man or people or human being is quickened quickened with spiritual faith his words is in that his word rather is endowed with power he goes on to say it becomes so charged with spiritual energy he is an, he is enabled to heal all manners of diseases even at a distance now People can believe what they want to believe. And, you know, I'm not trying to convince anybody to believe anything they don't want to believe. All I'm asking you to do is play with it. Accept the possibility that with God all things are possible. And a disease could be the disease of lack and poverty. It could be the disease of, and I'm using this metaphorically, of depression. Not just some what we call physical ailment that people can put under a microscope. But can you speak life and call life out of something that seems to be dead? Have confidence in your words. Can you tell people And your own thoughts, because really your own thoughts don't really matter, because the people outside kind of show up to validate what you believe about yourself. Can you affirm and stand on the truth that, yes, it might seem like my health is in the tomb, my money, my prosperity, my abundance, or my... Friendships or my business or my work or my whatever, my confidence even is in the tomb. But like Jesus standing out in front of the tomb of Lazarus, you can say, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. If it was dead, it can live through me. And then you can say, I don't care what the obstacles are, roll away the stone. Roll away any belief, any concept, any ideology that you believe is interfering with you calling forth your good. And Jesus, even as he says, he took a moment and got himself together, but he reminded himself, Father, I'm saying this out loud not because I don't believe. I'm saying this for these other folks who don't believe. And then he said, Lazarus, come forth. Come forth. You might be in a situation right now where you got to call your peace forth. You have to call your prosperity forth. You got to call new opportunities forth. You got to call healing and harmony in your family forth. You might have to do that. Now, some people will say, Well, I've been calling it forth and my child is still acting up. Well, as you're calling your peace forth, you still just speak the word of the and you put the light over them. You don't know what they might if they're in the midst of a whole bunch of crazy, for instance, a loved one, a family member, a friend, you don't know what they're avoiding or just missing just because you are putting the the protecting word over them. When your children leave the house, when your family leaves the house, when you leave the house, put the protecting word over them. Put the protecting word over yourself. Have confidence in your word. I can remember when, you know, I used to, uh, how I trained my daughter Angel to um, use the prayer for protection. I, I used to take her to school in the morning, even in preschool. And when we would get in the car, we would put the seatbelt on, and I said, okay, it's time for the prayer for protection. And we were recited every time because I wanted her to have that in her subconscious mind. Now, she's a college student now. Does that mean every time she goes somewhere and she leaves, it's, it's, she's going to say it? Maybe not. She's 18. But it's in that subconscious mind, and it's in it deep because she, she was doing it as soon as she could remember. Soon as she can remember, the light of God surrounds me. The love of God enfolds me. The power of God protects me. The presence of God watches over me. Wherever I am, God is. Have confidence in those words. Don't leave the house without saying them. When you send your your people out into the world, the light of God surrounds you. The love of God enfolds you. The power of God protects you. The presence of God watches over you. Wherever you are, God is when you and your people are doing stuff, the light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is. Have confidence in your words. When I was, you know, many of you all have heard me on the show tell the story about being 20 years old and almost uh, making my transition from a severe asthma attack. And as I was working with getting my health back, from what the doctors were telling me with two inhalers and pills that they looked like they should give horses because they were so big? Every day. I would say that prayer for protection all day, every day. I would say the prayer of faith. God, and I don't even have it in front of me right now, but God is my help in every need. God does my every hunger feed. God walks beside me, guides my way. Through every moment of the day, I now am wise and now i am true, patient, kind, and loving too. All things I am can do and be through Christ, the truth that is in me. God is my health. I can't be sick. God is my strength, unfailing quick. God is my all. I know no fear since God, love, and truth are here. I held on to that those words of that prayer of faith like my life depended on it because it did. I believe that if Reverend Coleman can use that prayer to heal her body in 1952, then maybe, just maybe, I could do it as well. So I would just say it over and over again. Say it over and over again. I, I literally never have to read that prayer again. It's, it's, it's branded on my subconscious mind like a fraternity uh, person, like a Q-Dog has a horseshoe branded on his chest. It's a part of who I am now. Have confidence in your words. Speak life to yourself and others. Speak prosperity into your life and into the life of others. Speak love into your life and into the life of others. Speak success into your life and into the life of others. Have confidence in your words because your words are the vehicles of your ideas, thoughts, and beliefs. So when you speak the word, you are giving life to what's in your consciousness. Thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be established unto you, as as is stated in the book of Job. Speak the word to yourself. This is why, you know, many people, when you go to uh, Christian gift shops and bookstores, they'll you'll always see Philippians 4.13 on clothes, on bracelets, on wristbands, T-shirts, hats. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things. Anything you have to do can be covered under all things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Have confidence in your words. Have confidence in your ability to move the needle of your life with your words. With your words. Jesus said it this way. I'm going to read the whole context. Jesus was talking about, you know, they're talking about when Jesus saw a fig tree that wasn't producing fruits. He spoke the word and withered the fig tree. People say, oh, well, why would Jesus do that? Because at times you got to speak the word to get stuff out of your space. You dismiss it. You know, the, the Bible would call a rebuke from the standpoint of that, that that which doesn't need to be in your space, you can deny. In New Thought, we would call that a denial where you're removing the power of a thing out of your belief system. So Jesus says uh, it says in Mark 11 verses 20 through 24 it is written in the morning as they passed by they saw the fig tree withered from it withered to, away to its roots. Then Peter remembered and said to him, "Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered." Jesus answered them, Have faith in God. Truly, I tell you, if you say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea. And if you do not doubt in your heart, but believe what you say will come to pass, it will be done for you. So I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. So when we come back from the break, I'm going to take what Jesus just said, and break it down so you can have more information that you can use for your transformation. Me teaching you is only a part of the process. You have to utilize it because it works if you work it. So let's take our last break, and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms.
1: Where can you hear some of the great spiritual speakers of our day, all in one place? At Unity Village, the evening of October 18th, when the Association of Global New Thought comes to campus. Prepare to be inspired. Hear powerful presentations from Michael Beckwith, Roger Teal, Donna Johnson, Wendy Craig Purcell, Temple Hayes, Ken Gordon, David Goldberg, Kevin Ross, and Unity CEO Jim Blake. If you can't be there, watch on live stream. Visit unityvillagechapel.org. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
2: been listening to truth transforms with reverend galen mcdowell if you have questions or comments about today's program or if you'd like to join in on the discussion email us at truth transforms at unity.fm now back to truth transforms
3: all right i'm back with truth transforms uh if you want to call in last chance for this show at least Uh, The number is 888-558-6489 Just because I do know that I have a decent amount of live listeners I realize that the majority of the people listen to this show via podcast later on iTunes, Stitcher, or the website. I have a decent amount of people who actually listen to this show live and I actually really do like when people call in it gives me a feel to play off of. So uh, have confidence in your words if you want to call in to make a comment, please call in and make a comment. If you have a question, don't let something as small as, hey, I don't want to be on the radio or on the internet stop you from getting an answer. Um, You know, I'm not saying I have the answer, but as a teacher, minister, and a facilitator of truth, I can help you find your answer, you know, because the answer is always within you. You know, I you know, any New Thought minister that puts themselves above the, uh, the truth uh, or any minister or, or, or spiritual leader is, in my opinion, doing the message of this service. Obviously, I have confidence in my skills and abilities, but I know it's not about me. It's only about God. Uh, that, that being said, you know, I do a lot of study studying (laughs) so uh you know as i tell folks you know god wasn't up at two o'clock in the morning studying but anyway uh so jesus said beginning in mark chapter 11 verse 24 have faith in god so how are we developing our power of the spoken word first we have to develop our faith because it will increase the power of our spoken word so how do you develop your faith first of all you got to recognize. What is a faith thinker, and how does a faith thinker work? So in the revealing word, um, Charles Fillmore uh, says that um, under faith thinking, that faith thinking is not merely an intellectual process based on reasoning. The faith thinker does not compare, analyze, or draw conclusions from known premises. He does not take appearances into consideration. He is not biased by precedent. I'm going to read that again. Faith thinking is not merely an intellectual process based on reasoning. The faith thinker does not compare, analyze, or draw conclusions from known premises. He does not take appearances into consideration. He is not biased by precedent. So when you start working with your faith, understand what you're working with. Under the definition, faith Comma understanding or understanding faith. Fillmore wrote, and I use Fillmore a lot because I like his definitions. He wrote that faith that functions, function faith that functions from principle. It is based on the knowledge of truth. So, when you have a better understanding of principle, it gives you an opportunity to uh, have faith in what you're doing. It's like uh, if you know that two 90-degree angles create a triangle, it doesn't make a difference how large or small a triangle is. That gives you a lot of power to go forward. So going back to Jesus, have faith in God. You're working on developing your faith in the principle. You're working with understanding your faith and understanding in truth, in truth. The truth of God as absolute good, the truth of you as the image and likeness of God, a spiritual being with infinite capabilities, and the faith in God's orderly universe. Have faith in God. Then he says, says, truly I tell you, if you say to this mountain, that a mountain can be anything that you think is in your way. If I tell you, if you say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and if you do not doubt in your heart, let's stop right there. If you tell the mountain whatever the obstacle is, and you don't doubt in your heart, the heart is, Bible, is the Bible's way of saying the subconscious mind or the feeling nature. So it's one thing to say something. It's another thing to really feel it deeply in your soul with conviction that it's possible for you. That is possible. Keep in mind. Keep in mind that it's necessary to have deep conviction. Reverend Ike used to say, feeling gets the blessing. Joseph Murphy talked about the power of the subconscious mind, how you have to train and develop that subconscious mind to accept the promises of God. So have faith in God. Then you can say to the mountain, Then you can say, now notice he didn't say, just think to the mountain. You can say to the mountain, there are going to be times where you're going to have to speak the word for something to move. You say to the mountain, you speak to the challenge. He says, be taken up and thrown into the sea. Another way, be cast away from me. Jesus isn't telling people, pray to God, have faith in God, and then pray for the strength to climb the mountain. Jesus said, tell the mountain to move. And I know it's a lot of spiritual teachers that tell you, pray for the strength to endure. But that's not the Jesus method. Jesus is saying, tell the problem to move. Then he said, and if you do not doubt, because doubt will erode your ability to demonstrate the good you desire. Because when you start to doubt, you can't, it's sort of like uh not having the it, it's sort of like uh pouring gasoline into your car and it's a hole in your gas line so as, as you put the gas in the gas is going out then you start then wonder why your car won't start because there's nothing is there's no fuel and as you developing your faith you have to work with getting past your doubt that's why the bible says Fear not a lot. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Because that fear, that doubt, that anxiety will rob you of your ability to demonstrate the good you desire. Um, Charles Fillmore quotes Webster's Dictionary in in uh, the revealing word on the doubt. He, he wrote it as un- unsettled state of opinion concerning the reality of the truth of something. So, it's, so when you start to doubt, is your unsettled opinion that this is possible now? What Fillmore says about doubt is so powerful that we cannot get past it. He wrote, doubt is the Satan of every man. Doubt is the Satan. So people are looking for some, some being outside of themselves that stop. Oh, the devil's busy. The devil is not some other. It's your own thought. Doubt is the Satan. Of every man. He goes on to say doubt is the root of weakness, mental and physical. He says if men had faith in themselves, in the ability of spirit within them, they would become giants where they are but pygmies. Now, to me that definition stands out. Doubt is the Satan of every man, of every person. Because you, when you start to doubt what God can do in your life, when you doubt what's the good that can be possible in your life, you won't even try. You won't even try. Then Jesus says, but believe. Belief means to accept is true, but believe that what you say will come to pass. Believe that your your word has power to demonstrate what it is saying and it will be done for you. Mm. Then he says, So I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. So he then as he teaches you the spoken word, he's saying that when you are praying, you have to pray from the from the consciousness that I have it so you can have it if you're praying from the consciousness that you don't have the consciousness of lack or not enough will produce the the experience of lack and not enough because that doubt that fear that anxiety has to reproduce itself that's why I doubt is the Satan of every person so I want everyone who is listening to this show today or whenever you listen to it to just read over and over again this uh, Mark chapter 11, verses 22 to 24, just these few verses. Read it every morning just for... Give yourself 30 days. Try it on. 30 days. Read it. I'm not just going to give you that. Read it, and I want you to get go back and listen to my shows I did on Lessons in Truth several years ago on the chapters under denials and affirmations. Denials and affirmations. Denial was a whole show, and affirmation was a whole show. And and read the chapters and lessons in truth under denials and affirmations and pick something. Don't pick the biggest thing in your life, the thing that's really scaring you. Pick something that's a stretch. And I want you working with Mark eleven, chapter twenty two through twenty-four. And with the denials and affirmations that are in lessons in truth, understanding the technique and for thirty days every morning and every evening speak the word about for a breakthrough the exactly as you would see it every morning, every evening minimally now me, if you want to take this on real real for real, I would say I'd do it seven times a day. Why seven? Well, seven is a good biblical word. Seven symbolizes completion, but also it's the drilling in in your subconscious mind. Take a three by five card, or have it on your phone where you can read it. But I like three by five cards because you can write them out and write out your denials and your affirmation for that one thing, and do the denials and affirmations in the book of in, in lessons and truth. Now this is on tape, so let me just recap it. You're reading Mark eleven. Verses 22 through 24 for 30 days. You're going to re-listen. You're going to read that scripture every morning and every evening. You're going to re-listen to or listen to for the first time the shows or the podcast and the Lessons in Truth series from several years ago on denials and the show on affirmations. You're going to read the affirmations and denials in Lessons in Truth every morning and every evening. Lastly, you're going to minimally write out your own af- denials and affirmation, your own denial and affirmation for something that you're working with in your life for those 30 days, minimally every morning and every evening. And if you really want to take it to task, do it for seven days, seven, do it seven times a day. Write it out, read it, and here's what's important. You have to speak it out loud, not just in your head. It has to be audible. So if you're willing to take that on, I believe you will develop a way to have confidence in your words. So with that, we're going to stop here. We've run out of time. And I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms.
0: Carpenter was working at a cathedral. He was laying tiles on the highest part of the roof and wasn't making an effort to do a good job. His foreman noticed the poor work and said, You'll have to redo that portion of the roof and do it right. The carpenter asked, Why? No one's ever going to see these tiles way up here. The foreman answered, God will see them, and God is very particular. Although other people may not see it, The universe is aware of your attitude. So are you. Your attitude affects every aspect of your life. If you change your attitude, you will change your life. Changing your thoughts helps change your actions and can result in positive changes in the world around you. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org.